And it again went on the charts. It's sort of, you have to ask the question, why? Why was that such a popular song? The, the old blue eyes, he just talks about how he, he lived a life with no regret, right? He just did it his way. Um, and, you know, it led to a lot of wreckage and a lot of other things happened, but he's happy because he did it his way. Um, and so, you know, the song is a testimony to autonomy. We, wanna, we want that the rugged, self-made man is a common idea in the Western uh, and has long captured our imagination with the cowboy, right? Is taking justice into his own hands and living however he wants. The, but the idea is as old as sin, the sin of our first parents. And it, and it reaches perhaps its highest point in the Tower of Babel. In a joint project, the men join together to make a name for themselves by, by doing what they want to do. There are two ways to be in the world, two paths to walk on. The first is God's way, it's a path of wisdom, and the second is man's way. And to man, it seems wise, but it turns out to be the path of folly. And all of our decisions in life can be boiled down to a choice between these two paths. The question we need to learn to ask is, which path does God reward? Sometimes discerning the right path is not always easy, for the way of folly often disguises itself as the path of wisdom. And as we've been with David in the wilderness these many weeks, we have, been wa- we have watched David have to make some very difficult decisions. And along the way, God has been teaching David and us to wait on the Lord and not to act, not to take matters into our own hands. We saw last week that God spared David from blood guilt against Nabal through the wise words of Abigail. Having thoroughly learned that lesson as a leader, David now invites others to join him and learn what he learned. Through a series of speeches to three different characters, David invites these men to choose the right path, the path of the righteousness, over against going their own way. So as David invites these men to self-examination and a a conscious effort to choose the path of the righteous, we get a chance to see the different ways that this path unfolds in other men inhabiting different seasons in their lives. David's speeches invite us to examine our own lives, to discern which path we are on and what choices we might need to make to stay on the path of the righteous or to get back onto it. Since God rewards faithfulness, we must choose the path of the righteous. So let's turn together to 1 Samuel chapter 26, and we'll read starting in verse 1. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hekalah, which is on the east of Jeshmon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel, to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hekalah, which is besides the road east of Jeshmon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. 
And then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, who will go with me, down with me, into the camp to Saul. And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment with his spear stuck in the ground. At his head and Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear. And I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him. Or his day will come to die. Or he will go down into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on the top of the hill with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, Who are you? Who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man? Who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king, your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and says, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, Why does my Lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is in my hands? Now, therefore, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed by the Lord before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the inheritance of the Lord. Saying, go serve other gods. Now, therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea, like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. And then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he deliver me out of all my tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, and Saul returned to his place. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we do give you thanks for this, your word. And we ask that as we come to this portion of your word, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, so that we may behold wonders 
therein. For we pray this in Jesus' strong name, and amen. This story seems strangely familiar. Uh, We remember David's encounter with Saul in chapter 24, except there are some very key differences, not least of which is that David seems to have learned to wait upon the Lord instead of acting or trying to take matters into his own hands. Also, David is leading in this story. David is taking charge of the situation. He's not someone who is acted upon by the capricious whims of Saul, but he is the one leading. He is the one directing the course of the events. Saul again comes out to seek David. and Again, the Ziphites have betrayed him. And it seems like, how many times is David going to be in the same situation? It seems that Saul has forgotten that the Lord had vindicated David before. He cut the corner of his garment, and yet he held it out, I am innocent. And the Lord vindicated David, and they went their separate ways. But David, or Saul, has changed his mind again. But this time, David's not on the run from Saul, hurrying to get away. He is in charge of the situation because he has learned to trust God. So instead of waiting for Saul to find him, David goes to Saul. He marks his spot in the fortified safety, the very center of the camp, next to his commander, surrounded by his army with his spear, He then does something unexpected. He calls for a companion to go down with him into the midst of the camp. Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, agrees to go. Now, Zeruiah was David's sister. So Abishai was his nephew. Abishai has a long career alongside David. And eventually, along with his brother Joab, they become the commander of of David's army. So David and Abishai make their way into the camp of Saul to the very place where he is sleeping. And as in chapter 24, one of David's companions encourages him that this is God's providence. This is your chance to act. Abishai volunteers to kill Saul with one stroke of his spear. And David has often found himself at the wrong end of that spear, as many times Saul hurled it at him. Wouldn't it be so easy to just reach out and take that and be vindicated, be delivered of his enemy? But David has no hesitation. This is not what he came to do at all. He is in complete control of the situation. He intends only to take the spear and the water jug as proof of his innocence. But David has learned to wait on the Lord, but has Abishai? Have you? Abishai is tempted to take matters into his own hands, to do it himself. And we face the same temptation when we don't wait on God to act. But here there is some confusion. What does it mean to wait on God? You might think that that implies inaction, just sitting there doing nothing. But that's not waiting on the Lord, is it? First, waiting on the Lord is prayer. We've seen over and over again as we've looked at the Psalms that David penned during this season in his life that over day, 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 David as a threat to Saul. 
They should have left watches throughout the night, although obviously their sleep was induced by God, which is a a picture of the condition of Abner. He is sleeping. He's not paying attention. He's not aware of what's going on. By the way, the word used for deep sleep is the same word that God used in Genesis 2 to describe Adam's sleep when God took a rib and made Eve. Right? This is like they're under anesthesiology, whatever. You know, they're under. They're under the... uh, the, uh, they, and they can't wake up, right? God does surgery on Adam. That's the kind of sleep that these, this army is under. And David invites Abner to consider his loyalty. If he is loyal to Saul, then be so. Go all the way. Consider David a threat and protect the king. But as it is now, Abner and the army seem to just be going along with Saul hey, at least he gives us a livable wage. I mean, at least we're not wandering out in the wilderness. Yeah, he's kind of crazy. We're not 100% behind the mission. But better than the alternative, better than wandering in the wilderness with David, Abishai and his brother are on the right side with David, but they turn out to be men of bloodshed. Whereas Abner, he seems to be a genuinely good man, but on the wrong side. This happens a lot. This has happened a lot in history. We have brothers fighting against each other in the Civil War. We have divided families. We have good men with wicked kings. And we have bad men with good kings. David is in this speech to Abner. He is calling Abner to examine where does your loyalty lie? And why is it not with me? We certainly wouldn't want to be in the wilderness. We want our best life now. But the author of Hebrews says it best about Christ as Christ invites us he says in Hebrews thirteen eleven, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside of the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here... We have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. If we want to share in his resurrection, we must be willing to share also in the sufferings that led there. You need to ask yourself, are are there areas where you have divided loyalties? Abner may have let the idol of family get in the way of his judgment. Choosing loyalty to Saul clouded his judgment and hindered him from seeing not only the foolishness of Saul, but how suitable David was for the role. Abner should have been like Jonathan. Family is tough, for you have natural affection. It can be so good, but it can also lead to idolatry. Abraham had to learn that lesson when God called him to sacrifice his only son Isaac. The son of promise. 
if your family is so central and essential to your life that you cannot see living without them, then there is a good chance your family has become an idol. Mothers, you in particular will struggle here. You invest so much of yourself in the nurture of your children that you can easily lose yourself in them. You hover and brood and you care and you nurture and it doesn't take long for your expectations to become stifling and the love that, you sh- that should endear them to you is the, an instrument for very great harm. Fathers, you too, if you see in your sons promising gifts that you never had, you'll be tempted to push them hard, living vicariously through their victories. This idolatry is seen best in parents held captive to their every children's whim. Their child is in every sport and every activity so that the parents are a little more than chauffeurs. It also means that instead of prioritizing Lord's Day worship, These parents are most often seen at sporting events, trying to be supportive parents. But they are, in fact, worshiping their children. Our hearts are idle factories. As Calvin said, the family may not trip you up, but you can ask the same questions. Where does all your time, money, and attention go? Chances are, that's your God. If the thing you can't imagine life without is anything but God, you need to do some heart work to see where your loyalties lie. Abner chooses the easy way instead of the path of the wilderness. But David invites him to ask why that might be. You need to ask that same question. God rewards faithfulness. We must choose the path of the righteous even if it leads in the wilderness. During David's speech to Abner, Saul recognizes his voice. Is that your voice, my son? And David has some choice remarks for Saul to ponder like, Who have you been listening to? Saul has not shown a particular inclination toward wisdom, but David invites Saul to examine whose voices he has been listening to. Has it been God or men? Notice David puts this choice to Saul in verse 19. If the Lord had stirred up Saul against David, he would accept an offering. But if men, what will they accept? David answers essentially nothing. They would drive him out of the land, saying, go and serve other gods. David curses them for their harsh mistreatment and questions Saul why he would listen to them. He again can appeal to proof for his innocence by holding up the pledges. He has a spear. He has the water jug. Just like he can say, look, here's the hem of your garment. I could have killed you, but I spared you. Unlike Abishai and Abner, Saul responds to David. He admits his guilt, shockingly, saying he's made a mistake and he'd acted foolishly. Verse 21. And we may infer that Saul had indeed been listening to anyone but God's voice. Whether he is driven by those around him who were jealous of David, or more likely he's listening to his own inner voice of envy that has driven him mad. Saul is like Gollum, with one thing on his mind, his precious, his ring. He talks to himself in the dark about it. 
about how, he, how it belongs to him, right? He plots in his mind. In Proverbs 8 and 9, wisdom and folly are personified as two ladies. They both call out to be heard. Lady Wisdom at the end of Proverbs 8 says this in verse 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting besides my door. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Listen to me. Hear instruction. Blessed is he who listens. So Lady Wisdom calls out. But so does Lady Folly. Lady Folly calls. In chapter 9, verse 13, The woman Folly is loud. She's seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are the depths of Sheol. Both call. But folly is loud and seductive, enticing the simple and those who lack sense because they cannot see that her place is the place of the dead. If they could see that, would they go? If they could see that if they look at that website, it would lead to 15 years of addiction to pornography. If they saw that if they had that conversation, it would lead them to destroy their marriage. It could start with one one little sin. But the place of Lady Folly is the dead. That's where it leads. The wages of sin is death. Whose voice are you listening to? Did you know that what what you pay attention to will largely determine the outcome of your life? Which begs the question, what are you paying attention to? Eve was distracted because she began to pay attention, listening to the voice of the serpent. But Jesus was not distracted because he chose not to listen to Satan, countering him with the word of God. There are, there are so many things in this world vying for your attention. And the path of wisdom that David invites Saul to is a path of discernment. Wisdom may be seen in the mature who, through constant practice, have their powers of discernment trained to distinguish between good and evil. The path of wisdom is listening to the right voice speaking to you. Again, what are you paying attention to? Who are you listening to? In this case, Saul realizes that he had been misled by listening to the wrong voices. And so he repents. The message David invites these men to consider, the path that he calls them to walk, he outlines in verse 23. This is the very center of this text. He says, The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. 
For the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. David invites these men to make a choice. Will you choose the path of the righteous, even if that means waiting for God to deliver and walking in the wilderness? Or will you blindly follow Lady Folly and like Frank Sinatra, do it my way? Unfortunately, we know something Sinatra only learned at death. The reward for choosing your own path is an eternal dwelling in the place of torment and death. But the path that Jesus invites you to, yes, it's hard. It will involve suffering. It will require eyes of faith, faith that encourages itself with the promise of eternal reward, a reward of no more sorrow, no pain, no sin, a reward of everlasting joy forever. Will you follow Jesus on the path that leads through the cross to resurrection? Or will you choose the easy way that leads to death? We can put it more simply. Will you defer until later for a greater reward or choose instant gratification now? A cheap plastic reward that lasts only for a moment. Christ calls you to come, but to follow him. You must be willing to die. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the call. Thank you that you have called us. And that you who have begun a good work in us will bring it to completion. Strengthen the knees that are weak. And make strong the legs so that we may walk on paths of uprightness. That we may choose the path of the righteous and be faithful in it. Despite our having to wait for you. Despite dwelling and living out in the wilderness. Help us to choose the path of wisdom. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And amen.